0: The Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with 97.3 ESPN, brings you the Mays and Aton show. Middays with Harry Mays and Aton Shander. Now, it's the Midday Show with Harry Mays and Aton Shander on 97.3 ESPN
1: Radio. How upset do you have to be if you're Dion Waiters right now? I mean, you've been through. The gummy scenario, you've basically embarrassed yourself, the team, and you've survived multiple times only to stick around in South Beach. And let me say, as somebody who just spent a week down in Miami, four days technically, if you count the amount of time I spent in an aircraft, it actually amounted up to four days. I can't think of a worse scenario. To be living, even if it's for two months, even if it's for a temporary amount of time, knowing that you're going to be there for a season, and then it gets completely pulled in your reality, and now you're in Memphis. And look, I've lived in Nashville before. I was in Nashville for two and a half years. Memphis isn't terrible, but it ain't Miami. Sixers make a trade. Let's start there. Glenn Robinson III, Alec Burks are now members of the Philadelphia 76ers bench, and that's the key word here. They get a deal with the Warriors. The Warriors are continuing to try to ensure that they get the number one pick. Andre Iguodala, mind you, I mentioned that move with Dion Waiters to Memphis. Memphis sent everybody, including Andre Iguodala, except John Moran, of course, to Miami. So Miami actually has some talent as we're three hours away from this thing. Anthony Gilbert, Hoop Mag, is going to join us at 1230. There is some Eagles news, and I'll bring it up. And then we'll talk about it a little deeper with Jeff Mosher at 1 o'clock here. But the trade beyond Iguodala and what happened with the Grizzlies, and he kind of headlines that deal as Iguodala is now a member of the Heat, two-year, $30 million extension with Miami. Hence, that's why you see Justice Winslow is gone. So he's out in Memphis right now. Oklahoma City and Memphis, alongside Miami, are reportedly working on another type of deal with Danilo Gallinari. So that's basically what you have going on here. Gallinari out and what with Miami, Iguodala now member of that Heat team, which could use him on the wing by all means. Hasn't played at all for Memphis, but the big thing that happened here was somebody was able to flip even less meaningless second-round picks. If you can even believe that, there are degrees of second-round picks. I mean, you would think that they're all meaningless, unless, of course, it's Sam Hinkey just trying to wheel and deal to move up six spots in the second round. So they sent the Warriors, Elton Brand and the Sixers did, a 2020 second-round pick they got from Dallas, 2021 second-round pick from Denver, and a 2022 second-round pick from Toronto. Three second-round picks for two players that the Warriors would like to get rid of. And I understand that, I warned you, Uh, let me put it like that, and you can read it, again, I'll reinforce it until this thing is either proved right or wrong, but I warned you that a move like this wouldn't change anything. A move like this would not do anything long-term to improve The nature of this basketball team. And when I say long term, I don't mean next week or this, like five years from now. I should say, not next week. I I should, not five years from now. I'm not talking about a long term fix. Come on, Shander. Glenn Robinson, the third. He's not going to be here for. No, no. I'm saying as far as this year. If the goal is to make it to the NBA Finals, if the goal is for Brett Brown to keep his job by doing that and to gel Simmons and Embiid. This trade doesn't do anything. It gets you two guys who can catch and shoot off the three in limited time off the bench. That's what you got. And let's be honest here. It's no knock on the two guys in Burks and Robinson the third who come back. But come on. For a team that is actively tanking and trying to finish as close as they possibly can, if not secure the number one spot and shedding salary because they've got a bunch of guys who are hurt, mind you, but still they have to pay. Alec Burks is an expiring contract. Glenn Robinson, expiring contract. These guys make absolutely nothing, and we're playing because other guys in front of them were banged up and hurt. This is not a full basketball team where you got the most of Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. This is essentially a poor man's version of trying to bring in that ilyasova bellinelli move where they just sign guys off that mid-level as opposed to trading in this case. And you, you didn't trade anything. And my concern slash prediction is these guys, while it will be nice to see them in a Sixers uniform for whatever reason, and maybe the big dog comes back, right? But outside of that, what's big dog doing right now? Is he back in Gary, Indiana? We need to find that out. I mean, his son is now a member of the Sixers. Remember, he played here in 03. That four-year deal, four-team deal, pardon me.
2: How many father-sons can say they both play for the same team?
1: Are you suggesting that the Philadelphia 76ers reach out to now 47-year-old Glenn Big Dog Robinson? Now, you know how jerseys, they always have these jerseys, right, like Los Heat, Or whatever the hell, the different type of jerseys that come out. Could you have, and they have nicknames sometimes on the back, right? Swaggy had his with the Lakers. Couldn't you do that, Big Dog, Little Dog? You could. Well, he's the third, though.
2: He's the third, yeah.
1: Because technically, Glenn Robinson is junior.
2: So So would he be Big Dog, the third?
1: No, I think it's Big Dog, Little Dog, because Glenn Robinson, his dad wasn't Big Dog. Because Glenn Robinson Jr. was the first big dog of the family. So he's big dog, and then his son, Glenn Robinson III, is little dog.
2: I'm, I'm going to double-check what exactly his nickname is.
1: He has a daughter who competes right now in track and field. His youngest son, 2013 Indiana High School Athletic Association wrestling champ, shot put runner-up, holy smokes, played Purdue University football and signed with the CFL. B.C. Lions in 2018. I wonder if he's in the XFL. I don't want to mispronounce his name. It's G-E-L-E-N. Gellin? Or Gellin? I I wonder what he's doing right now. I can't find him at all.
2: I think Gellin is copyrighted anyway.
1: You think what? I think
2: Gellin is copyrighted for all those Dr. Scholes commercials.
1: No, it's not Gellin like G-E-L-L. It's (laughs) G-E-L-E-N. I wonder what he's doing, man. Maybe you'll start seeing him pop up. It looks like, though, he's back in Indiana because his family, at least his youngest son, was playing in Indiana. So Gary's where he's from. So Glenn Robinson
2: III does not have a nickname, according to basketball reference.
1: Well, at this point, I don't want to be part of any dubbing of a nickname. If it's not Little Dog or if it's not Big Dog, meaning he's taking over the moniker of his dad, then I'm not interested. And I have to be honest, as far as the trade is concerned, this thing doesn't really do much. Where you should be looking at narrowing any gap. And I'm not going to break them down. We'll do that in 20 minutes with Anthony Gilbert. But think about this, okay? Let's just do a think-thought exercise real quick. 609 That's how you can get in on the text board at Shander Show. You can follow along on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. What are your top three concerns? And you don't even need to blurt them out by any means. What are your top three concerns? And meanwhile, you should be watching on the Twitch channel because the fedora will be here tomorrow. So starting Monday, you'll be seeing the new fedora. And there's a little bit of a twist to that. But think about the top three concerns that you have right now or did before yesterday with the Philadelphia 76ers. Had nothing to do with the trading, right? Nothing to do with making a move. Just your issues that you had with the Sixers. I guarantee you that Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Brett Brown are going to appear in two of the three. If not all three, but at least two of the three. All right. What did that trade yesterday do short-term? Did that trade save Brett Brown's job? Did that trade put this team in a better position with the starting five? Josh Richardson goes down. This team is kaput. This team has nothing. Were you better served trading for a guy? And I don't even know if you could, to be honest with you, because I said you couldn't in the piece. And looking back at it, I think they probably would have if they could, and they didn't. Therefore, look what they brought back. But wouldn't you be better served trading for somebody who could slide in as a sixth man, slide in and start and spell opportunities, play starter minutes as a shooter? Is this really going to be something that puts you over the top? Because if it is... Then, Golden State was working on two hell of a deals there. Expiring contract guys who were playing way over their head. What is it transferring into? And be warned, the NBA can sucker you like no other sport. The NBA can make good numbers on a bad team that don't transfer into anything look exceptionally better. They can make a guy who is playing 20, 25 minutes on a bad team, on a really bad team, transfer into something where the mind just begs to extrapolate this into something bigger. Yet, in reality, and we see this a lot, we see guys go from teams in which they either get limited minutes in good situations or they're playing a lot. Like Rudy Gay made a career out of this in Sacramento before that playing a lot of minutes on a bad team, and people think, well, let me just pluck him out. Let me just pluck that guy right out of here, and I'll transfer him into my garden, and I'll cultivate and I'll grow that flower. It doesn't work that way. Not all the time, at least. In fact, way more often than not, it does not work that way. We have to be realistic with what happened and then understand that this team is still going to frustrate you in the same ways that it has. This does not improve their situation on the road. I don't know what you were looking for yesterday. And I hate to do it because I feel like we're on the same page a lot when it comes to conversation that we have and on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Show, Mike Savage 610. Great tweeter, twitcher. I love the Sixers trade, been a huge Alec Burks guy since he came into the league. And look, I don't think that this is a knock on anybody specifically. If it's Burks or Robinson III who have been playing well, and I thought Burks, when he was with the Jazz, would turn into something a little bit better. But at that time, you knew that Utah had to move on. He just 13, 14, 15 points, I think, hovering around that for like a year or two. Just It wasn't going to cut it. He's been able to play quality minutes on a really bad basketball team and get some shots up. Shooting 40% from the floor as a part time halfway starter, if you will. It's not bad. And look, you can look at Glenn Robinson, the third. These guys shooting in spot up situations. So, okay, you know whose life just got made that much easier? Raul Neto, right? That's who, or second string situations where maybe Simmons is still the lone starter on the floor. Spot areas. The team isn't worse than what they were yesterday. But I can't make any skip. People want to make a leap. I can't even make a skip or a jump. I can't even make a step. What? A, no, I can't do that. Maybe Anthony Gilbert, hoop bag, disagrees. At AX Gilbert on Twitter. Aton Shander, 97.3 ESPN. Also, as we'll hit the text board coming up in a minute, I do want to get this out real quick. There is now, and I can't believe we're doing this. I cannot believe it, but you know what? If somebody didn't do it earlier today, then I'll be the first to do it. Hopefully, Gil is out there listening, and he can pick up on this thing as well. I mean, we do have the same producer, so maybe if Josh is listening, then we can transfer this thing over. But it's unfortunate because I'm usually anti this. For all those who have been listening and watching and familiar with me, it doesn't matter, writing, TV, wherever. It's I'm lucky and fortunate because of people like you. But if you've been following along, then you know my MO is usually to blanch at the internal rally. Like, hey, let's mobilize everybody in Philadelphia against the world. And I'm not saying that it doesn't ever happen, where sometimes we get cut a raw deal or sometimes we get – the butt end of the joke but way too often i think that there is this cry to rally the city states whereas internally as a fan base we are more like greece and we are more like athens and sparta except for the times in which some idiot on a national tv show says something about us and it's like all right well let's stop the infighting of foals and wentz and let's just bash Max Yellerman or Stephen A. Smith or whoever the hell else it is says something. This one, though, I feel like is worth fighting for. And I do pick my battles a lot. It was a book that came out years ago. And there was a segment I was doing on the air, and it was quoted on it. I was grateful for it. And I shame on me for forgetting the book. actually have it upstairs. But Dick Stockton was doing a... Padres-Phillies game, and he kept referencing. Now, look, this is 12 years ago, maybe, 13 years ago, maybe less, less than that, eight years ago. And he kept referencing Santa Claus. It was just the lazy. It was like he had talking points. It was like listening to a Sean Hannity show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's just the same talking points over. You could take a week off. You come back. I know because I produced that show up in Philly once for a year. You could take a week off it's the same show. You could take a week off it's the same Dick Stockton broadcast. It's the same thing. Every time he kept bringing up Philadelphia, oh, you know there's Santa Claus. So I went on the air the next day and railed on it. Very few times will I pick up the sword and lead the charge or even partake in the charge. This time I, I want to. Because everybody's favorite non-Philadelphia Philadelphian apparently is part of this as well, and I'm not going to name names because I'm anti the whole, somebody said something about us. Did you hear this person in L.A.? Did you hear this actor who's now on a football show say that he loves the Eagles to win the Super Bowl? We love him, we love him, we love him. Meanwhile, that person could say something negative about Philadelphia six minutes from now, and it's, I can't believe the national media, the bias, the, the swing, the pendulum, it's way too much. It makes me dizzy. But in this case... That program and others have decided now to use the parade that just happened with the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey's speech, if you want to call it that, because of his brother, Jason Kelsey, and simply because of that, these programs now have decided to put a poll up and determine which is better, which was the better speech. Now, we're going to hear from Travis Kelsey and this is not about rehashing the Jason Kelsey speech, because there is an element of the Jason Kelsey speech that I have publicly been against, and that's the whole thing about no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care. Now, that's been ripped off from two fan bases before that even came to Philadelphia, but that doesn't hold up in our fan base. If somebody breathes something negative or anti about philadelphia on any type of platform and we get wind of it we care we definitely care in fact it's really difficult to show areas and patches of the fan base that don't care and the bigger the platform the more recognizable the human being that is talking about us the worse it gets it's a brush fire that spreads all right let's listen to some travis kelsey here josh Let's start with, and we can just go in in order here. Let's start with him expressing the love for the city and ends with a little Beastie Boys.
3: This is the most beautiful scene I've ever witnessed in my life. I love this city to death. I promise you from here to the end, I cherish every moment with y'all. And I promise you everybody here feels the exact same way. I talked to El Presidente Mark Donovan. He made sure he was okay with the, the run. I mean the Clark family, everybody involved. Because of this season, because of y'all. Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is gonna end with their anthem. And y'all got to help me say it right here, one last time for 2019-2020 world champions. You got to fight for your right to party! Believe it. I love y'all. All
1: right. First off, and again, we're not going to go through and red check everything, but was that the anthem this year? Did I miss something? Do I need to text somebody out in Kansas City? Was that the anthem?
2: That started, like, in the playoffs. That wasn't an anthem all year.
1: So, okay, but before I rip, the dog masks didn't start all year either. That started with Atlanta. Correct. So this thing could work. I, why fight for your right to party? There are about 50 Better Beast. That's like the worst Beastie Boy song they ever made.
2: Because here's my theory, and we'll hear more from Travis. One of the. But, I don't want
1: to say the. It's one of the.
2: Sure. But let me ask you this. Don't you feel like Travis is trying to live up to his brother?
1: Yes. Okay. That That's exactly where I was going. And I think that's a great point to make because we're going to hear more audio. And let's get that just... If we can, queued up the hypes up the crowd at the Super Bowl celebration because this feeds exactly into your point. Travis Kelsey is most aware. You think we're aware. You think we repost E-Rock and others constantly, right? We love it. Reposting pics of the Jason Kelsey picture of him, the freeze shot. and. They said Joel Embiid would never be healthy, right? All that stuff. That's become a viral meme. That's become something as big as the crying Jordan face here in Philadelphia and beyond. Jason Kelsey is well aware of that. His brother is well aware of that. And it's hard for me to think that it never came up at all where, uh, you know, you, you win this thing, Travis. You got to go ahead and uh, try. You go ahead. try. It. I don't know. Whoever Jason is, maybe he, it's all out of love. Maybe he's giving his brother a little bit of rib, whatever it is, it's hard for me to think that he didn't come up. And, yes, Josh, I agree with you. It sounds like he's trying to take what Jason did and make it his own because he can't go through the whole thing about who doubted us and everything like that. All right, let's listen a little more. Kelsey's hyping up the crowd.
3: 24 nothing. I ain't trying to hear it. in. I ain't trying to hear it. Fourth quarter, six and whatever left on the clock. Down 10. Psh. 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 We got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, baby. How about Sammy Watkins? Woo! Yeah, how
1: about Sammy Watkins? How about Sammy Damian Watkins?
3: Williams? Woo! How about my dog, 5'5, five, five? and he ain't on sides, Frank Clark. What's good?
1: Now I'll say this. He might be drunker than Jason Kelsey was, despite Jason looking pretty good, feeling pretty good. That sounded like a man who was already blacked out by the time he got on stage. He looked like he was blacked out by the time he got on stage. I don't think anybody out there will fault him. But here's the thing on the surface, it's Jason versus Travis. On the surface, it's two brothers trying to outdo themselves in parade speeches. But you look a little deeper, and it actually represents a pretty interesting phenomenon. Jason Kelsey and his Philadelphia Eagles were underdogs before every single playoff football game. The Kansas City Chiefs were in-game dogs in every single football game in the playoffs. They were down. And an in-game dog will do the same thing to you as being a pre-game dog, if not worse. So I can't fault. Like, I I don't think it's all so much just trying to outdo Jason Kelsey as much as there is an element of the world doubted us. Look, just look at it. Look at the odds. If you have receipts, if you know somebody who hit them three straight weeks, they were down in playoff games. In the middle of these playoffs, 24 points to the Texans. Who the hell comes back from that? Now I sound like Travis Kelsey. Anthony Gilbert next. You're listening to The Maize and Aton Show. Jake. I see the messages coming in. Look, I wasn't slandering the group, all right? And I'm not even going to waste my next guest's time going down that road as he is a man as well-versed in hip-hop since its inception to where we stand now, current and even future trends. But we bring Anthony Gilbert on, at AXGilbert on Twitter, HoopMag, NBA TV, NBA TV Canada, our own here in Philadelphia. We bring him on to talk about the Sixers and the league that he covers. But I'm being accused of slandering the Beastie Boys because the Kansas City Chiefs have adopted Anthony this fight for your right to party as like their anthem you know how the eagles had the underdog the dog masks when they ran through the playoffs a couple of years ago to win the super bowl so apparently travis kelsey and others have adopted fight for your right to party as their anthem and i didn't slander the group i just said that fight for your right to party might be their worst song ever
4: I'm with you. Well, first of all, first of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Always good. Sir. very good to talk to you.
1: Likewise, my friend.
4: But uh, you're right. I mean, if we're gonna go back to 1986, 1987, I mean, no. I mean, we gotta go Paul Revere, Brass Monkey. You know, like those are the classics.
1: Not party for you, right? Right. <laughs> No, I mean even even the uh the, the zeppelin song they stole that that I forget yeah. um you know when the levy breaks song that you're like uh, there's so many better ones that like fight for your right I feel like was their attempt to be pop and and it just kind of fizzled
4: right right they needed to stick to who they are and do hip hop stay in the lane that, brand, that, yeah, it's a yeah, hell they they of a lane they had a g exactly because and I don't want to get too far off the point, but, like, what they did at Def Jam with Rick Rubin, like, is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. You can listen to it now. It's timeless. It, it, they, they're a great all-time hip-hop band.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Rick Rubin. We know Run DMC. Big part of getting these guys off there. and I just, yeah, I I don't know why anybody would use that. There has to be some sort of, i I'd reached out to a couple of people in Kansas City, so hopefully I can get some sort of response to why, of all songs for a group who's iconic in multiple genres, why they would choose that one of all of them. But anyway, we digress. Let's start with the Sixers trade, and then we'll kind of work outwards. I I wrote earlier in the week that I, I just, it's not that I didn't want to see a move. But there was nothing out there that I saw that could happen that would really make me feel better about the core issues of the Sixers. Like, are they going to be in the final NBA Finals, Eastern Conference Finals this year? Is Brett Brown going to save his job? Are the two stars going to gel? It doesn't mean that Glenn Robinson Third and Alec Burks can't help, but I don't know. Anthony, I, I wake up today with that news, and I think I feel the same way if that trade is made or not.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean it wasn't um it wasn't a sexy move, which typically around this time of the year is what we look for, you know, something something major, something we can really sink our teeth in. Um, but it was a move that could potentially help on the offensive end. This team is built to have shooters around and uh Embiid and Simmons. And Embiid, in particular, he's also one of those shooters. So this helps, but does it get them over the hump? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. We, when I say we, uh, the people in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, we deserve a team that can go further than they have, and and I say that because the the bigger pieces are there and now they just need to fill it out with the more responsible role-player-type pieces, and they've missed the mark. And as we both know, you know, the window closes. So you, you got to act now, and you got to act fast, like like one of those like, 1-800 commercials.
1: Act now. fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, then you wind up getting screwed on the interest and, and everything that comes with it, and I wonder... If we're gonna be in a similar situation this off season what happened mm-hmm. is it's not just gonna be hey- we gotta move off from the coach and then keep the whole team. I feel like over the last three or four years, we haven't seen a consistent one through seven for a full season is that right yeah that that that's actually right,
4: you know, and you don't wanna turn into a team that makes an exit um you know annually in the second round or even in the in the conference finals, you know, the semis or the conference finals, you want a team that, you know, with these type of generational players they have, it, it's, it's one of those things when the whole league is looking like, man, Philly has so much talent. And I'm not sure if it's all coaching, um, but it's part of it. Because on the coaching end, not under – the uh, the full situation because I'm not in the locker room but I do know it's not all X's and O's there's egos and there's accountability and when you're managing egos sometimes you don't necessarily hold those egos and those personalities accountable and the great teams govern themselves I'm going to point everybody to your network ESPN this summer we're just an
1: affiliate. Don't, don't blame you know, us. We're just an okay, affiliate. No, 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 no. I was going <laughs> to give you surprise because they're going to do that 10-part Chicago Bulls series.
4: And everybody that wants to know what it takes for a championship team to win, they need to watch that. Mm-hmm. Because Michael Jordan wasn't nice. Like he's, he's a great pitch man for Haynes and Nike, but guess what? <laughs> he was a terrorist since the public school era. And it's exactly what they needed. And it got them two separate three teams.
1: Why aren't more people playing? See, I'd rather that than Mm. Beastie Boys. You can do, because I got a text from Glenn from EHT saying that he substituted party with Lombardi when he said it in the past, well, can I say Lombardi and B.S. Lombardi? Like, I'd rather take (laughs) that Biggie song than the fight for your right.
4: Here we go. Hey, man, look, I'm not sure how they get down in Missouri, but.
2: uh, Well, at least they got the state right.
4: I I did get (laughs) the state right. But, you know, hey, man, you know, whatever works for them. You know, we we in Philadelphia, we finally got one, and uh, I'm happy with that. We do need another one, though.
1: We do, uh, and fair enough. I don't think it's going to come from the Sixers this year. I want you to react for us. I, wanted mm-hmm. to, I saved this for you coming on with us today, Anthony Gilbert at AX Gilbert, joining us on Twitter. This is a back-and-forth with a question and answer, if you will, from Keith okay. Pompey. He tweeted this about whether or not – the players are still listening to Brett Brown. Because you mentioned it's more than X's and O's, and I wanted you to just hear this cut if you haven't already, and let's just get your response to
3: it as well.
4: So are y'all still listening to Brett?
3: Yeah, uh, obviously there needs to be, you know, we haven't been winning. Um, Our offense has not been good. But I always say, uh, you know, coaches I know out there to make shots for us. They don't make plays, uh, you know, they, could, they can do a better job, you know, of, uh, you know, setting everything up. Um, but at the end of the day, we make the plays. Uh, and like I said, from time to time, you know, you don't know what you're getting. I don't know if I'm going into the game and if I'm getting the ball or not, but that should never affect anything. Uh, like I said, it starts on defense. And... We still gotta do our job, and even if it's you know not getting the ball some nights, and you know you still gotta go hard. You see, I gotta go out and play hard.
1: Do you think that there is an issue with not listening? And did Joel Embiid kind of slide that in there mid-answer, where yeah, they gotta put us in a better position, but we still need to make shots?
4: Yeah, I'm not going to say it was what Michael only said to Fredo. <laughs>
1: You but, are full of classic <laughs> analogies today. Did we catch you right I'm, off a nap or something? I'm,
4: I'm going pop culture today. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> but I mean, it. Remember when Dwight Howard had that riff with Stan Van Gundy, and Stan Van Gundy was saying like, "Hey, Dwight Howard went upstairs and he wants me out of here." And then Dwight Howard walked into the press conference and he said, "No, no, I didn't. I didn't say that." Uh, but then it turned out that he did. We might be seeing a prelude of that. Um, it's weird, and a lot of fingers get pointed when there's losing uh, taking place, and 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 winning does cure all. You know, if they can somehow win in my um, Milwaukee tonight, that would be a, a big help for for all those coaches and, and players involved. But it's just weird, you know. If he's your guy, come out and say, "Hey, he's my guy." Yep. We we got to do better. Yep. Don't leave it open for me to interpret, because <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it, it's 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 weird. It's weird, and and they definitely need to go out and get a win uh, as soon as possible.
1: Well, forget about a win. I don't know how reasonable that is or realistic. Part of me that is. How about a I don't cover? Either. Can, I, I'm just. I'm just. Can they cover a nine-point <laughs> spread tonight in Milwaukee? That's all I need to know.
4: I mean, I hear you, brother. I I, I understand.
1: <laughs> I think they're going to get blown out. I, I think all of this comes to a head tonight. They get blown out. Then they come back home. They deal with a team in Memphis who basically got rid of everybody except John Moran. Justice Winslow was back. I know that. But they mm-hmm. deal with a team in Memphis who's manageable at home, and that's where I think you start to see things at least regress back to the mean, but I don't know. I, I think they get handled tonight.
4: Well, I, I'll just say I hope that you're wrong. I, I don't know what page the team is on. Uh, sometimes things like this can unify the team, and, uh, and they can come out and play spirited basketball. They seem to, to rise to the occasion against uh, Milwaukee because Milwaukee is the North Star. And um, we'll see. I mean, the Sixers are so much better than how they play. I'm not really certain why they can't figure it out, but I do know they needed to address shooting. And I knew, I know that um, Burks and uh, in the III will help with that firepower.
1: All right, Anthony, uh, your thoughts on the other move. And, again, it's going to impact the Sixers tomorrow night when they host the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. but the four-team trade, let's look at two trades, right? We, we had the four-team trade, but bef- but before that, let me get my order here right. Let's start with the Igadala move to Miami.
4: Oh, man. <laughs> there needs to be a case study on Andre Igadala. Like, the guy misses the whole season, hangs out in L.A. with his family, stays in great shape, comes back into the league by saying, hmm, I don't want to play – in Memphis, and then gets a bump up in pay. Like, man, talk about finesse. I I love the move for Miami. You know, he brings so much championship medal and hard work and outside shooting and defense to that team. Um, So the whole Miami Mafia thing is going to work perfectly for him. And and, and, uh, Memphis wins because it's like, hey, you're out of here. You didn't want to play with us in the first place. So I, I like it. I like it a lot, especially since the young players were kind of like, you know, taking shots at the old head. I, I, I never think that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. We saw that already, right? And he just yeah. kind of like, all right, see ya. You got the rookie yeah. of the year. That's cool. But I'm about to go over here. Now, Miami, are they, are they the second best team with Andre Iguodala in the East?
4: Yes, and um, that's saying a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like they already were
4: trending up, and it wasn't getting worse. They were getting better, and uh, they have outside, outside shooting. Uh, they have toughness. They have defense, and they have uh, you know accountability from, from the top down. Uh, like I was saying earlier, the teams that are really great and, and, and that are good, They take care of business, and and they actually police themselves. And and I see that with with Miami.
1: All right. I have to ask because I'm looking around with the actual league itself, and Mm -hmm. you mentioned just how open this thing is with Miami. The Sixers themselves, just right now, gut reaction. Oh, no, you know what? Let me, let me, that's, that's too long. I don't have enough time to go down that road. I'll just leave you with this. <laughs> I miss him. Do you miss Jimmy?
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I miss him every day.
4: Yeah, yeah. But you I didn't know, think he... I'd miss
1: him this much. I, I want you, we've talked when I was on the other place for like years before he even mm-hmm. left Minnesota. And you knew Devon, like we, we all had conversations. I've wanted Jimmy yes. Butler here as a sixer for years, so I knew I'd miss him. But I didn't realize, like, I can't remember a player, Hunter Pence, any of these other guys have come through the city that I'm like, damn, Doc's different. But Jimmy's up there, man. Jimmy is is one of the guys who has spent, like, a year or less in this city than have moved on that I probably miss the most.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's painted as a lightning rod, but he backs it up. I love him. And and he's the guy that when it's on the line, you can count on him. And 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 the Sixers need that type of personality, uh, that type of personnel. Uh, right now, you know they're three games above the Sixers and they own every tiebreaker. So it's man, it, it, you know, and they're they're fourth in the East. So man, you do miss that guy, and uh, we'll see if maybe they can uh, fill that void. Hopefully, because uh, you know Toronto hasn't fallen off. He'd have gotten better, the Celtics kind of figured things out and the Bucks are still walking away with it. So we'll we'll see what happens. Stay tuned.
1: Appreciate you, brother. Have a great yes, night sir. and Thank enjoy you. the games tonight in Milwaukee, tomorrow at home, back against the Grizz.
4: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.
1: You got it. Anthony Gilbert at AX Gilbert. Hoop Mag NBA T V NBA Canada as well. Just took Simmons at plus 700 to score the first field goal of the game tonight. Why the hell not at this point? Sixers on the money line, plus 325. Anybody wanna venture down that road? Cause I'm not willing to. But, the plus nine? See, I'm not the only one here. Nick Costos. Wait, he took the Sixers and now he's sick over it. <laughs> I wonder how many people jumped in yesterday and saw that nine-point line and thought, wow, there's some value right there on the road, getting nine points. Granted, Milwaukee, but still, you're getting nine. They match up well against Milwaukee, so I think that there is that. Look, honestly, I believe they cover. Now that I think about it, I told Anthony Gilbert they're going to get their ass kicked to him, but I'll tell you why I changed my mind in a matter of two minutes. Coming up next. Some Eagles news. News. That we'll touch on coming up eight minutes from now. Reminder, episode four of Hanging with Hennig and Hendricks, Hennig and Hendricks. That's up, 97.3 ESPN.com, Sixers, Andy Reid, the Super Bowl, more. So you can catch Josh and Deshaun up there, Hang, Hennig, Hanging. See, this is why I said text it. Episode four of Hanging with Hennig and Hendricks. 97.3 ESPN.com. You can see that and read that. You know, these guys on the Sports Bash should be promoting that as well, hopefully. At least motion. Jeez. Fallout from the trade, if there is any, we'll see tonight. I just teased the Bucks and Lakers down to four. So I am going back and forth. And here I teased before the break. That I changed my mind, and then looking at this thing and talking it out, I, I just I can't, I can't take the Sixers even with a teaser. I couldn't even tease them up to 13 points in Milwaukee and associate them with anything else. Like if I brought the Lakers down to three at home against Houston tonight, still trying to get their footing correct, and we saw what happened last game, and I think they're onto it now, but I wouldn't do that. I I can't in any confidence say that. They're not going to win. I'm not going to take a risk with the Sixers on the money line. So where are we right now? Just kind of in limbo. One thing that I I am curious about. So I got in already. It's just one tournament, but I submitted three lineups for a DFS tourney this weekend. And if you're asking me, well, what sport are you playing? Golf already started. Why would you do it for an NBA game or day three or four days ahead of time? Uh Uh-uh. XFL. I'm back, and I hope you are too. As a two-time champion in DFS leagues this year, I'm looking to add. And this belt that you're watching on Twitch or Facebook has nothing to do with that. That's separate. That's college football. So I'm looking because I can't win anything else. (laughs) Everything that I did this year, all the positives from Josh's help to my own help, to stealing people at bookies.com stuff, all of the things, Philly Godfather, everybody that I had access to. For whatever reason, I was able to soak that up and apply it to football. My God, I am probably a bigger fan of the NBA than anything, including my Eagles. Your Eagles our Eagles. May no, 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 Eagles first. But, God, I this year is just difficult. Maybe it's because all of my good fortune has been poured into one small Minuscule thing, but I want to talk about that as well. And you know what? If Jeff Mosher's not prepared to talk about DFS XFL leagues, then that's on him. Welcome to the party. We'll be back. 97.3 ESPN at Shander Show. That's how you get me on Twitter. Hopefully you're watching along as well. Twitch.tv slash Shander Show. And we didn't get to it because We had some more important and pressing stuff, like trying to back people down from some ledge they were teetering over with the Philadelphia Phillies for some reason. Oh, I guess because Mookie Betts was dealt. And also the trade deadline where we were continuing to have conversations specifically centering around Elton Brand and what to do or not to do once the deadline hits and some other things that completely derailed us XFL has been a gigantic theme this week, and rightfully so, because I've already set my three lineups for the DFS tournament that I've entered in Saturday's action. It's only two games that I could get in. Well, I guess technically it's four because it, it starts on Saturday. But I believe the tournament itself has the Seattle, D.C., and the L.A. and Houston games. So it's just those four teams that I could choose from. This is unfortunate. And maybe it'll change, but I would prefer to play in a Saturday-Sunday-type tournament where I can watch everybody burn through Saturday, guys, and pick up somebody like playing on New York or St. Louis. Actually, you know what? I I take that back. I take that back. Everybody's in play. So all four games are in play, and I've jumped in. Look, it's the same as any football out there. So if you're playing DFS football throughout the year— If you're in any of these daily leagues, wherever you play them on, whatever app or website you're involved in, then you know in order to win a tournament, you have to stack. And that's how I won my two tournaments. You stack. You you hopefully, luckily, find the right game that's going to be the highest scoring of the two, and you're on the right side of the stack. You can't just stack Jameis Winston, Evans, and Godwin every week. You have to be on the right side of it. So all I did was just stack three lineups. So I don't know. I don't even know if Jeff Mosher's playing fantasy football to that extent, but I know he's got some thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles. And let me just say this. Before we even talk about sports, and I don't know if we will get to it because we do have 60 minutes, so that's good. I got something that I thought was way out of my price range but is shockingly cheap. I mean, mean like, look, I get it. Bills are bills. What's her name? No, trust me. I I, I don't have time for that right now. (laughs) Here's the thing. It's seven, and I'm splitting it with somebody in the household. So it's 75 Technically, it's going to be $90 a month with everything included. Uh Uh-huh. Split between two people. So I've added a bill, $45 a month for the next 40 months. That's not a lot. Now, when you look at what it adds up to, sure, it's a ton of money. But $45 a month for this product, I thought was... Unrealistic. Like I thought, I was priced out of this thing, and I'm excited. Do you have I, any? Idea? I'm now excited something... for you to tell me what it is. I've been. Well, trying think to... about it. Let, let's let's walk. Well, wait this. a
0: minute. I have to. I, you're right. I need context. uh even without you giving the answer away when you say you're splitting it with someone is it not your fiance it is
1: it is angela and i are are splitting it because we're both going to use it it's something that will be in the house
0: but aren't is this splitting is it's just metaphorical i mean you guys aren't on a kind of a one income type thing where you buy everything together as a family or are you still you're not married yet well i know that but you live together
1: it's easy to keep things set. We have all a right. joint. Look, we have a joint account, but that's where like the mortgage gets pulled from, stuff like that. I'm not I am gonna... not. bet
0: you got a joint account, buddy.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> I have a separate account that's joint, right. correct. But we have a joint. There's a difference, right? An account that's... No, but that, that's the thing. I so... think you
0: were missing the entendre I was getting No, right? no, I got it. Oh, I, oh I just, okay. I couldn't right. spin it back like I, I wanted you. to. I got you. So that's the thing, though, is we uh, have... 90 bucks, 45 each, and you think it's a great
1: deal, huh? And it's something that the two of us will... A
0: game system, maybe? Like a video game system? I don't know Angela very well. That's why it's difficult for me to... I don't know what her hobbies and interests have are. Have you... You've met, though, right? Yeah, but it's not like we've sat down and... and I mean, I would lo- listen, I'd love to have look, a really long golf. conversation with her about She you. plays
1: golf. She's a teach. She, she doesn't play video games. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, look, if I can... If I buy, like, a new Xbox or PS5, whatever uh-huh. the new system is that comes out then I have to convince her there's some sort of entertainment value. Right. Remember, when these first came out, and this is years ago, so I was living with somebody at the time, a previous relationship, and that's how I convinced her. Look, look, we'll get a PlayStation. It has a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's not that. No. Right, it's
0: got to be something. That, it's a monthly subscription to something, correct? Is that what you're, you're well, saying?
1: That in, well, we're paying off. The cost of what we're buying together, and uh-huh. there is a monthly subscription to access stuff as well.
0: Is it a streaming service?
1: In what sense? Like TV?
0: Well, like Hulu, Netflix? No, uh, no, 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 I no. Guess I, I'm would already not be... on that. that yeah, I that's how I that.
1: survive here. Everything. I have 10 TVs up in the studio, and they're all on smart apps. Yeah.
0: I live a very structured and somewhat sheltered lifestyle now, so I, I couldn't even begin. You to might think. have
1: one of these. You I, I might. might, and
0: not even it, it might be hitting me in the head, and I wouldn't even know.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like you have one, and here an exercise know, bike. I, I don't know. Okay, see, I have to let everybody who's watching at least what a Peloton. Yeah, because somebody I, exactly I, that's how I know somebody told you. because No, you mispronounced I swear, them. I swear. Conlon, before you got it, Conlon, who is our technical outside of Josh, who's our producer. Colin is I've our never even associate producer. And he, he texted before you stumbled through it, Peloton. Yes. Right.
0: Well, I was trying to think of the whole joint, like, what would we, you know, in my own house, what do we have? Uh, what what would do me and the wife both use? It, I didn't think it was electronic. Uh, well, I guess that's kind of electronic. It is, it electronic. An, yeah, it is electronic. And there is a streaming service. I'm, but I meant, like, when I said video games electronic, I knew it was something a little bit more progressive and modern, because you said you got a great deal on it. Uh, so Peloton came to my mind. Is, am I pronouncing it correctly? Is it Peloton or
1: Peloton? No, it's Peloton. Peloton, all right. Yeah, and I'm still convinced somebody in the studio handed you a piece of paper.
0: Isn't there something in soccer referred to? a pelot- Like a ball is a pelota, correct? In Spanish? Correct. Is, is pelota. Pel- is, is it, I feel like I'm caught between that and the old clothing no. line Benetton, and I just no. can't get my stuff together there.
1: I, I think that <laughs> this is your brain warping two things that have nothing to do with it. It's right. It's pretty simple, Peloton.
0: Okay, Peloton.
1: You, the, oh, in the middle is what's confusing you.
0: The only reason I know about Peloton is not the product itself, but the stupid controversy that was created by the commercial about it.
1: Yeah, and, and that's why I suggested it, that I buy it, mm-hmm. and hopefully she was on board and she loved it, so that made it easy. But, yeah, now I feel like I'm part of the solution, which is bringing that stock back up to where it should be.
0: Well, it's a it's a great piece of equipment, as far as I understand. So, I mean, you guys got a really good deal on that.
1: Hey, this is what I bought it right from the website. I Are didn't even have to really go to Amazon. Or anything Are you like going to
0: use it? That's the question. I mean, how do you have time to work out? You're on on air twenty hours a day. No,
1: I see. That's the thing is, we do have.
0: This... Can you do a show while you're on the Peloton? I would not put that past you.
1: No, I, I'm going to. I'm going to try it. Absolutely, I believe that. Well, here's the thing. Why, why don't we do this? The Peloton will be here in like I don't know a week or two weeks, maybe the most. Mm-hmm. And the first day that we're on with the Peloton, all right, you come over and we'll have you and I'll set up a camera in the other room. Uh huh. And they'll have a we'll have a camera on there with me. I'll get a XLR extend. I'll get all the extensions out there and I'll be on the bike. Or hell, we can put the bike here. I can't, I can't imagine it's between two people, it's heavy to lift. We can put the bike in the studio, right. and you can sit here, and, and I'll do a class. So anybody watching and anybody listening, you'll hear some instructor barking in the background while we do the talk show. Not
0: Ace barking in the background.
1: Well, Ace might come <laughs> in. It, it might actually upset Ace. I don't know. <laughs> but you never know, man. And at my, see, point- my
0: dog would not have any of that. My dog gets very excited when he sees other people running or jumping. Like I, it would be impossible for me to try to do a show for my own house on a Peloton,
1: just because of the he, he would just be, itself? he would
0: no he would the dog would bark and freak out if when when he's a small dog and you know they have like Napoleon complexes to begin with so. When people are actively like running or jumping, and you know, my kids like to do that a lot around the house, he gets like completely out of like bent out of shape and he thinks something's wrong and something goes on and he gets into like guard dog mentality. Your dog looks like a dog that would invite the robber in if there were a robber,
1: right? No, see, this is what's different. Anybody like you who has met the other two, the Mm. other two wimes that I had, one that I raised, the other that I adopted, they were that like that, mm-hmm. where anybody could walk up, they'd wag their tail, they'd sniff, they'd do all this. This dog here, I, I don't know what it is. He came from a farm. He was sheltered for his entire life until I got him at like nearly two years old, just over two years old. Mm-hmm. He goes after everybody. Harry is the only guy who he stopped going after, and I think it's just because he saw him so much in the old place. Right. Jason comes over, nipped him. Our buddy Chris Gregory was over here the other day, <laughs> and he wouldn't stop barking and nipping at him. The oil guy will come over here. He'll nip at him. All right, so that he, does
0: sound like my dog, too. My, oh, yeah.
1: he is vicious, man. So I don't know what to do. if you're on a
0: Peloton, is he going to be bent out of shape about it? Does no,
1: because get... I'll, I'll tell you, and this is just since day one. I had him the first day I got him was a Sunday. It was Easter Sunday. And I had a show. I was doing the overnight at that time on SB Nation. So I had a show that Sunday into Monday. Uh-huh. And he's been with me as I've done all my shows since last Easter, where he knows. So he knows the sound of the headphones going on my head. Every time I do a show, Wherever I am, if I'm downstairs in the studio, wherever I am and he's in the house, he goes to a completely different part of the house. He's been doing that since I I got him. It was like the easiest thing for me to do was to train him to go to the bedroom by me doing a show. Uh And then he also knows every time I take my headphones off... He knows that could be the end of the show to where I take him out, so he runs down like, is it time, is it time? He's, so, no- so
0: he's totally on a use-use basis with you right now. He Absolutely. knows exactly when you can be conveniently helping him and exactly when you're done. Absolutely. That's a great relationship it right is. there. We have a big trade. Did you see this in the
1: NBA come down?
0: Uh, a big trade?
1: Yeah, Golden State. I'm reading this from Woj. Woj bomb here. Let me Golden guess. State. Alec Burks.
0: And- no. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, I
1: wish. <laughs> Golden State has agreed to trade D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota for a deal that includes Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 protected first-rounder, and a second-rounder in 2022. Right. Warriors will send Jacob Evans and Omari Spellman to the Wolves as well.
0: Now, how fast will, you know, let's fast-forward a year. How fast will Clay, Steph, and Dre get on Wiggins for being Andrew Wiggins? Well, I don't Or don't know does how he just long... become a different player in a better environment?
1: Man, that that's a great question. I just don't think Andrew Wiggins is – I mean, at one point – Pretty darn good fourth option, though. No, I mean, <laughs> think, he's been having a really bad – he's dropped. The, yes. Earlier in the year, he was one of – metrics-wise, like, he, not even advanced, but right. he was one of the worst forwards in the NBA, like, on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I
0: don't know. It's hard to... I don't know what to make of him. He, I know he's got around 20 points a game. I know he's shooting all right from the field, but he's on a bad team. You you always worry about these guys who are good numbers on bad teams.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's...
0: And he's got this career of just, like, one year he's at 23 points, then he's down to 17,
1: then he's up to 18, now it's 22. I just don't know who he is. Well, defensively, too, there, there's a major concern defensively oh, yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And, and then you start to look at Where he's ending on the plus minus and again you're talking about a bad basketball team, so they're gonna give up points, I get that. But Mm -hmm. for somebody who was a top pick, remember the whole winless for Wiggins thing. Oh yeah. The guy started out with promise, but the last two to three years, he's been and I'm talking about like all encompassing, so not just offensive, but like when you add the offensive and defensive metrics together, Mm -hmm. he's been one of the worst forwards threes. I mean, he's been one of like the worst threes in the NBA, meaning he's just taken such a significant step back. So yeah, this is all about salvaging a project, but here's the reality. For people that wanted D'Angelo Russell or thought that D'Angelo Russell might land here in Philadelphia, you didn't have anybody like this. I mean, if it wasn't Simmons or Embiid, and rightfully so, it wouldn't be. There's no... There's no body on this team. Nobody's going to send Tobias Harris anywhere. Al Horford isn't a project that you can salvage. He's old. Josh Richardson isn't somebody that you're going to move immediately after bringing in. So there's no, there's not even a Markel Fultz that you could have dealt to Golden State.
0: Is Wigan, well, How many years does Wiggins have left?
1: Oh, he's locked up. So, yeah, so. I see this for like the next four years.
0: So they're not trying to package, per se, Wiggins and the top pick that they're about to get for being awful and then try to get a different superstar.
1: Might be. Yeah. I, I but don't... who's
0: taking Wiggins at that? That's what I'm saying. I guess because you're getting the number one, well, whatever pick that Golden State gets along with it, you'll take Wiggins and see if you can can, can resurrect him somewhere else.
1: He's on the books. Here's the thing, though. He jumps from right now, he's on the books through 22-23. Mm-hmm. His base salary is at 27.5 this year to 29.5 next year, 31.5 the following to 33. Now, again, that's expiring money and all that. You can move it as you get closer. But this is a deal. Look, he's 24 years old, but this basketball team has Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, right? Right. So, yes, to your point, he's now a fourth option at 24 years old, okay, but at that much money?
0: Yeah, he's going somewhere else. Him and that top pick that they're going to get are going to the
1: Knicks. Or maybe Draymond goes the, somewhere else. The Knicks else? are
0: dumb enough to think that Andrew Wiggins can be a great player <laughs> in New York.
1: Wait, wait. <laughs> you think it's now a matter of that? I have
0: to think cuz what's the what how does this make sense for the Warriors?
1: Well, Draymond is up after this year, right? Yes. So, this could just be an indication that The team is willing to either move like they couldn't get anything for him or maybe they're willing to move on or maybe they're willing to work a deal. And since they have him, they have his rights. They can rework a deal for something cheaper with Draymond. Maybe they can convince him to take a pay cut in that regard. Hey, Clay's coming back healthy. Steph's coming back healthy. We have Wiggins. It's just crazy to go from Harrison Barnes to Kevin Durant to Andrew Wiggins at that position. I would agree with you. It it's does not make a whole lot of
0: sense to this me. Is, right? I mean, if anything, the guys they brought in, brought in there have been a style of player, a type of player that Andrew Wiggins doesn't seem to blend with or, or fit the description of. Yeah. I mean, he's not even a great shooter, right? I mean, he was supposed to be a better shooter, but what is he like 33% career from three? That's not the kind of guy that they've built teams around. Even if if you thought playing in that offense was going to improve him to, what, 36? He ain't going to be a 38 to 39 to 40. Yep. I don't know. He's going somewhere else.
1: This is March twenty seventh, 2019, by Mm PaceAndSpaceHoops.com. The article is titled, Is Andrew Wiggins the Worst NBA Player of All Time? (laughs) Now think about this. It's
0: fantastic.
1: It's an amazing lead, right? So... Wiggins, I'm reading this verbatim, Wiggins routinely ranks among the absolute most head-scratching wastes of minutes in the league. Consider the following benchmarks. 2,500 minutes played, 32 minutes a game over an 82-game season. This is Wiggins' first four seasons in the league among all players with at least 2,500 minutes in those years. This is the VORP as far as that, like, right calculation right yeah so again it's (laughs) not the end-all be-all but it's the value over replacement player it's similar to war in baseball right but again war isn't the end-all be-all but war is a pretty good statistic and i'll defer to you on that right Yeah,
0: i'm not anti um sabermetrics and i think war is a it's a good statistic sometimes i think it's used too much as a be-all end-all sure sure but i think it's really hard i mean so much of of all sports and is subjective or almost undefinable, like range for a shortstop, right? Uh, Some days a shortstop's having a great day and he's getting everything. Other days he's not. So is he a good shortstop or is he a bad shortstop? And you try to put that numerically and quantify it statistically and it becomes a little bit lopsided. That's why everything always has a a plus or minus of 5% ratio, right, to it. Nothing's 100%. But that's probably as close to accurate as it gets to describe the total – comprehensive impact that a player is bringing you not just as an offender or a defender but
1: everything that that comes with that player i'll give you four more to make up what they call the big five these are the big five saber stats that people look at in the nba so it's not one it's not two this is now five Mm -hmm. it's per right which is a good indicator of of your plus-minus and how much value you truly have, your true shooting.
0: That's like your NBA war, if I'm correct. Well, well, yes,
1: because it also includes your your plus-minus. Right. Your true shooting, win shares, the box plus-minus, like what you finish on plus-minus each night, and the VORP. (laughs) So this was written March of 2019, last year, right, almost a year ago, in his fourth year. Everything was trending down. Every single one of those big five stats was the worst of his career last year. So he was getting worse in those box scores routinely, consistently in four years. It's insane. I don't know what happened to now, this Now I
0: want to go back to his year at Kansas and think back to how well they even did. Because I don't, they didn't win the national title that year. I know they were a top team, but I think that might have been a year where they got eliminated earlier than expected. I'd have yeah. to go back and check that out. Well, think about that. Because now, yeah. now it's like usual suspects, right? I mean, it's like that scene where all the clues come together into one, and you realize you were duped by Kaiser Sose the whole time. Every, every part of this guy going back to college was even a facade.
1: Yeah, so who would be the one dropping the mug? <laughs>
0: uh, well, it wouldn't be Bill Self because he got rid of him after one year. I guess it would be the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right, right? Yeah. It would have to be that more so than... Josh it, has it, some it, it,
0: insight into this, by
2: the
1: Glenn way. Glenn Taylor.
0: Glenn Taylor, right.
1: right. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> by the way, that
2: Kansas team lost to Stanford in what is technically the second round, but it's called another third round.
1: Because of the play-in, right? Right. Yeah. So it's
0: literally just, I mean, it's the field of, of 32. Yeah.
2: That's a w- awful. Wiggins was the leading scorer on that team that also had... Perry Ellis, not the clothing brand. No, right. Joel Embiid, who, remember, hurt his back in that season, didn't even play most of the postseason.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, the infamous still Wayne should have Seldon. talent to beat Stanford.
2: The infamous Wayne
0: Seldon. Yeah, they got upset.
2: Also infamous Frank Mason.
0: Now, that wasn't... No, nah, the Lopez brothers were gone from way gone from Stanford by that point, right? Uh, let me double check. I think they were gone. I remember. I'm looking at who the team. I'm wondering. Was. I don't even think Mike. Mon- I think Montgomery was coaching the the 40, not the the Warriors at that time. Right. I don't even know if that's a Montgomery coach team. No, I don't think it was. Hot second,
2: former 76er Chason Randall was the leading scorer <laughs> for that Stanford team along with Dwight
0: Powell. Yeah, there's yeah. no excuse None. for losing that game, and he, he. So we should have seen this coming a long time ago.
1: Wow, Golden State. This is just insane how they're just getting rid of everybody right now, everybody possible that they can in order to secure that number one pick. This is tanking done right here. It's it's impressive to watch.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. They are this year's version of what the Spurs were, Well, I guess 20-some-odd years ago when Sean Elliott got hurt and Robinson got hurt, and that enabled them to get Duncan.
1: Now, what happens this year? Because this is my only – Scenario that I want to see with Golden State. Golden State was not watchable. As bad as they are. With D'Angelo Russell on the court. Draymond Green. Without any real threat. Of them winning a basketball game. Does nothing for me. It's just an annoying dude out there. But now. There is an amazing element of theater. That we could be seeing. This is similar to what we thought could happen. With Jimmy Butler. Implosion level times 10. right? Mm -hmm. And that's. What happens when Andrew Wiggins lets somebody go, when Andrew Wiggins misses a shot he shouldn't be taking, when Andrew Wiggins does Andrew Wiggins things, and Draymond Green is right there doing Draymond Green things? Because I imagine that that's going to be a hell of a back and forth, a hell of a battle. If Not even a battle. It'll be a scene. Yeah, because It'll mean, be quick. Draymond's going to get in his face and hurt his feelings.
0: Is he, though? Draymond is an annoying player, um, but he's not stupid. I think he sees the bigger picture of what – the ultimate goal as you just mentioned is is to get another number 1 pick, a player who's not going to be Andrew Wiggins and then add to the whole trio of Draymond. Like I feel like Draymond can deal with 30 games of Wiggins helping this team tank for the better the promise of tomorrow and that number 1 overall pick.
1: Yeah, he's not under contract after this year. The, you the, you if you're outspoken. Draymond,
0: do you really think the Warriors are going to prioritize Andrew Wiggins over you?
1: I don't know. Andrew Wiggins is already set to make more money than I am over the next three years. Could look at it right now that's an think, all, But
0: that's an albatross. That's a reason to not want to hang on to Andrew Wiggins. They don't want to have right. to pay that money. So
1: that's that's the reason why Draymond would get in his face after Wiggins did something, because he doesn't either, A, think he's going to be around in Draymond himself, or that Wiggins should be around.
0: Well, I feel like Draymond would be out, but Draymond— is, Hey, don't be hitting too many shots here, fella. <laughs> don't be playing like you're going to be around here for a long time. Don't be trying to help us win games. Just do know. your thing. Be lazy. But, yeah. don't, don't hustle. Miss I don't shots. think he
1: can. That's my point. You think that he can. You think that Andrew Wiggins is going to exhibit signs of hustle no, maybe and he productivity. not
0: maybe he can't, but then Draymond's got nothing to worry about. Because if <laughs> he comes and is, continues to be an albatross, then it's not like the Warriors are going to bank on Andrew Wiggins over Draymond Green. Three-time you watch, NBA man. champion.
1: You watch next time they take on the maybe they're Grizzlies. both gone. I don't next know. Next time they're in Dallas, something's Andrew Wiggins is going to do something stupid, and Draymond Green is going to be right there, and the camera's going to focus right up on him.
0: So you think Draymond's going full Jimmy Butler on this guy?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I guess I can see it because you know what, Draymond. Maybe they're both gone.
0: You know, I could see them both being gone, and them just rebuilding around their number one pick and Clay and
1: Steph. How much – we have, what, 32, 33 games left, something like that? Yes. Okay. Let's create – let's just set some hypothetical odds. Yes or no? It's a simple one. Two answers here. What are the odds you think Draymond at one point from now until the season ends blows up on Andrew Wiggins? (laughs) I'd say yes, it happens, is minus 150 – no, it doesn't happen, is plus 180.
0: 180? I'll take the 180 on that.
1: You think it should be higher?
0: Let's. No, I thought you were going to give it like a plus 108, 110. I think it's a 50-50 shot. Here.
1: All right. right, let's. I, okay, you're right. I agree. It, it should be lower. So 180 so, was
0: great value. I was going to okay, jump well, all over that. I,
1: okay, that's fair. Two to one, close to it. That's fine. So yeah. let's say minus, minus 150, yes, he does, plus 108, no, he doesn't. You're getting, you're getting over mm. even value on that, but the likelihood of it happening is pretty strong.
0: Yeah, that's Are tough. you just
1: going to do it from a value play, or are you actually going to rationalize this thing?
0: Look, I'm already trying to figure out how much money I can put down on a Colin Thompson player prop for the XFL, so I, I don't know how much I got to put on, on this feud, this imminent feud between uh, Dray- Draymond Green and Wiggins, but I still don't think it's going to happen.
1: Well, I think mine is probably more realistic of a scenario. Can you even find something like that? Player, uh, props? I don't
0: know. There should be available, right? There, you, I heard you talking about XFL. And well, betting. I've already
1: taken Dallas That's as my That's just DFS, future.
0: though, right? What's that? That was DFS, correct? No, yeah.
1: Dallas. I took Dallas as a futures bet at the beginning of the week. We talked it through here. I'm now, why are they Bob such Stoops. heavy
0: favorites? Who's on Dallas that makes them heavy favorites?
1: It's the combination of Bob Stoops as the uh-huh, coach, uh-huh. and we've seen this in these leagues where the head coach means a lot.
0: Yeah, no, I agree.
1: He has his former guy in Landry Jones in Oklahoma as the quarterback.
0: I like that r- rationale.
1: And the rules are designed for you to drop back and throw that thing like they did in Oklahoma. Yeah, you're right.
0: Now, how do you name and
1: your And team don't the forget Battle the Hawks. offensive
2: coordinator is Hal Mummy. Oh, God, another air raid guy. Man, this ball is going to be all, all go. over the place.
1: See, Jeff had no, didn't even miss a beat. He's a big Hal mummy guy.
0: <laughs> That's right. Kentucky's <laughs> finest.
1: <laughs> he was right? Tim
0: Couch's coach, if I'm not mistaken. He was. He was, he, he was the he head coach He got Tim Couch
1: right. into the NFL.
0: Yeah, he, Tim Couch owes that guy his freaking life. Pretty much. You know,
1: I'll say this. By the way,
0: bad luck by St. Louis. I'm in the Battle Hawks. What a stupid name.
1: Well, St. Uh, how, Louis is, is not favored to do much. I think. I mean, in this come league. on,
0: Battle Hawks. What, what, what's a Battle Hawk? St. Louis might be the second worst team in the league.
1: Well, yeah. If, if you look at the XFL futures to win the championship, St. Louis is plus a thousand.
0: It's like some He-Man BS right there with Cringer, the Battle Cat. Right.
1: See, yeah. I got him in. They they dropped. Dallas dropped, and I got him in at plus two fifty. Now they're at plus three hundred.
2: Yeah, the the quarterback battle in St. Louis was between Tyler Henicky and uh, Nick Fitzgerald.
1: You know, you can go to Air Raid.
0: I remember Henneke. I don't remember
1: Nick Fitzgerald. Nick
2: Fitzgerald was the mediocre quarterback from Mississippi State. that Everyone was like, he was going to replace Dak Prescott, and then he kept throwing interceptions. Uh,
1: Ah, that's what it was. Are
2: are we being kind by calling him the mediocre quarterback?
1: No, I I think it's all relative in the XFL. Their best
2: player probably is their punter.
1: Oh, jeez. Their punter is Marquette King. Marquette King. Is that right? That's who it is. (laughs) Look, I'll tell you, there's some value here. It's all going to be in-game. Everything here, as far as week by week, it's all in-game value. But that's why I think the fantasy angle. Did you do any DFS stuff this year? I did not. First off, I'm not do a big a DFS break, guy. Can we just keep talking? Well, I mean, you're the you're the, you're the you drive the cart, man. I'm, I'm not even there in the studio.
0: Well, I guess that's Josh's uh, call.
1: I feel like we should. I feel like already. we are
0: about five minutes past where we normally would. be. I'm
1: okay. We can talk for the whole hour. That's fine with me.
0: All right. But We're talking football, did you want to talk a little Eagles? Or did you I, want to did, continue I did, I did, I know, here? trust
1: me, I know you, you can't wait to get back into the nuts and bolts of this Eagles thing But I jumped in, did you do any DFS at all this year in the NFL?
0: No, I, I don't like DFS, honestly, it's just not something I, I take enjoyment in
1: Oh, you don't like winning big, big chunks of change?
0: Well, I hadn't done that in the few times that I tried a couple of years ago, so maybe it just scared me off Listen. I don't I'll like a new the, lineup the, every night.
1: I'll give you the inside key on how to win. I won two tour. I showed you. I won two tournaments this year. All right? Okay. All right. I'll give you the inside track on how to win these tournaments because I think a lot of people who don't know, A, what they're doing, or B, anything about this XFL are jumping into these fantasy leagues. And oh, that's good.
0: We want to take advantage of that. Yes. All right. Yes, we do. All right. I'm
1: on board now. See? now stay away from these games ahead of time the lines the set you can't even all these spreads are off the board so it's just money line plays from a betting standpoint i'd wait till you get in game but we'll talk about the dfs stuff before we get out of here yes the philadelphia eagles we should mention coming up next jeff mosher's hanging out eight ton shannon it's 97.3 ESPN and mobile app all right two things see you wanted to get to the eagles we might have to do this tomorrow more stuff keeps coming out in the NBA, specifically with the Sixers, Jeff Mosher's who I was saying you to, is the proverbial you here on the program for this. Here's the thing. Before I even get to that, I, I want to correct something and make sure that I at least get this out here. My fault, not anybody else's. The contract extension doesn't start until next year, and he already worked it out. I didn't realize it was already worked out because I thought it was just a formality, something that they had agreed upon maybe in principle, but it had been worked out. So Draymond's contract extension will take over starting next year, which is huge in this conversation because the team now controls everybody. Right. And that, that goes back to why Andrew Wiggins now actually does become valuable in this trade and why he ain't going anywhere is because Draymond is locked up. And, and that changes everything for me on the odds and all that other stuff, Jeff, because with – think about this.
0: Wait, I'm confused. So you think that Draymond Green being extended means Andrew Wiggins is staying in Golden State? Absolutely. Look,
1: the team right now has a core – They've just replaced Wiggins with Durant, not from a talent standpoint, but from a control contract standpoint. So think about this. Steph Curry has two years left, eighty eight point eight million dollars. That's team control of that deal. Klay Thompson has four years at a buck fifty-seven left. The team controls that deal. Right. Andrew Wiggins comes in with three years, ninety four seven million left, controls that deal. Draymond is now after this year. Four years, $99.7 million. All four of those deals are team-controlled, so they have the ability to rework. They have the ability. They have the flexibility. It's not like signing somebody new to their con- They can go over the luxury tax with those contracts because they're in-house. That's the benefit that they now have by bringing – it's pretty. It's a pretty smart move by Golden But don't you Golden still State.
0: think that having that top pick and Wiggins gives them great advantage to be able to package that in a deal for a cost-controlled star who's on a rookie deal? Because they're going to need a bench. Yeah, I, I don't need- know if
1: they, that they, – I don't know if you get that. I, I, I don't know if – you do that, or if you draft somebody who can play right now and comes off the bench, think about this. Yes, you can trade for somebody, maybe trade for somebody with a year left or two on their rookie deal. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have to renegotiate, but that's that costs money. That costs currency. You could also, depending on where they finish, one, two, or three in the draft, you might be able to identify somebody coming into this draft, and there are a couple of kids, that you don't need to even start, but you could work that kid in as a sixth man on this team. Yeah, I maybe just, you I, I don't draft get it, a though. center, and that guy replaces Kevin Looney, and all of a sudden now you got a nineteen-year-old center that you've identified. Well, it's not going to be a center. still
0: though a lot of money for a guy who doesn't fit what they've typically looked for. Wiggins? Won't be, a,
1: yeah. I think Wiggins fits better. He's than, a terrible shooter. Nah, look, I I think. Wiggins is going to fit better because he's going to be able to take advantage of the spacing. You don't need another shooter. You've got you've is got he two go of the best shooters 30, of all time.
0: Percent to thirty nine percent. I'm sorry. You're saying he's going to go from thirty three to thirty nine percent. No.
1: What I'm saying is, is that for Andrew Wiggins' game now, uh-huh. you need somebody who's going to be able to take advantage of the spacing created by Clay Steph draymond on the floor guys who can go to the basket. draw defenders out and shoot i think wiggins can put the ball on the floor wiggins can get to the basket now look
0: but don't he, you think all right all right i will agree that, with that that's, that's you can the find only that area for a lot less money than you're paying andrew wiggins though. you can but look he's 24 years old uh, i'm not you uh you're you're half selling me man i cannot imagine that he is part of this warrior's future i just i feel like there's a secondary move coming with him
1: but think about this. I don't know what, how because I don't know who you. takes that
0: contract on.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. You may not find another team to take that contract on, and is it really worth? Well,
0: uh, is it really hard to find a tanking team that knows it's two years away? Like, could you? Would you be completely shocked if a team like, I don't know, the Cavs did it, or the Hornets, or maybe even the Phoenix Suns, because it certainly hasn't worked out well for them with the guys that they've got now to try to improve. I, I don't know. I just can't. No, see I think it, man. the
1: Suns. The Suns look at their current state and their future and they're not going to maybe not in all right well let's,
0: like let's say pop retires at the i don't know if pops retiring but the spurs they're they're always like okay but they're not going anywhere they've with got that a lot theme. of money
1: with aldridge and demar DeRozan attached
0: well maybe one of those guys would go then in a deal to get golden state I, I don't know i just i i don't see how it fits or why you would need a fourth option making that much money unless you thought he was really going to be a star Yeah,
1: because here's the thing. Because you have those three contracts already under Yeah, I I, I
0: get that, but you have no bench now.
1: You have zero bench. But you can go—but here's the thing. They already have—there's more to this. They have a seventeen and a half million dollar trade exception. Like they have multiple first round picks. It's not just oh, you're stuck with Andrew Wiggins. They can br- they have enough money at seventeen million to bring in somebody. That's a lot of money to spend. Yeah, I mean, that's that like is a lot t- of money. I, that's I, a, I that's a tier saying. two free agent you May- could bring in.
0: And maybe it just winds up being two years, and then when his contract is a lot easier to take on, he's gone. I, I maybe that's the case. Yeah. You can well. Uh, uh, you honestly can sell me on what you're saying, but I, I, I'm I will stay steeped in the fact that I'm not 100 percent sold. He's going to be a warrior next year.
1: Very fair, very fair. For now, a whole lot of other thing. reasons
0: of fit and style and what they've looked for typically, it just seems weird. Do Chris, you guys
2: Chris, really quick? Do you guys think that maybe the Warriors can try to get Wiggins to do what nobody else has previously, which is coming out of college you know expected... what what
0: initiative does he have with all well, that money and now surrounded by a bunch of good players who don't have to who can do all the work well, well work. May, the maybe he <laughs> would respect
2: Steph
1: Clay there's and Draymond a culture, yeah. when they
2: turn to him and say go out there and play defense then yeah. Carl Anthony Towns yeah I,
1: I think there's something more to that you're, you're dealing with multiple champions there that look we, we talk all the time about culture and it, it rarely works but when it does work it's a difference maker and you Jeff, you covered the NFL Yeah, but I, don't, I, I guess years. what I'm
0: saying is I don't think this is just about culture. I just don't think he's that very good of a That's player. That's
1: fair. That's very fair. And I can't sell – I'm not trying to sell even me that Andrew Wiggins is better than what he is. Mm-hmm. I just think they look at him and think they can survive with him for the next two or three years. We'll here's, see. Here's the thing. Real quick, because we're yeah. going to have to break at some point with the music coming, but I want to get this out. And I promise you, I will at least bring this thing up with the Eagles, and we can chat about this tomorrow if you're around as well. I'll be at Parks Casino, of course. Here's the thing. According to Chris Broussard, Embiid and Simmons are, quote, Jealous of one another, according to people close to that situation. I'm told other players talked to them at some sort of players' meeting, something like that, where they talked to Embiid and Simmons and were like, "quote Look, you guys, you got to lead us. You got to get it together. We should be much better." They've been and Embiid pointing and fingers Simmons at each other all that, year long. But we'll see,
0: right? They've been pointing fingers and making veiled references to each other all year long. Well, listen, this remember is becoming sack and penny.
1: We go back to what Horford said, Jeff, yeah, on internal, Wednesday. Jeff. There's some stuff going on in our locker room, and we'll keep that internal, but we all know we need to be better. We need to step it up. It is a great opportunity to do it tomorrow, Well, we'll see what happens tonight. Shaq and Penny, part two. Shaq and Penny. I mean, God, at least they made it to the finals. (laughs) That's a good point. All right. Can we at least bring this thing up before I get out of here? You're going to stick around for the sports bash, but the Philadelphia Eagles are doing offense by committee. Let's just hear your tease. Yes or no? Good idea?
3: Eh.
0: It's, it's it's an idea. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's not unique. The 49ers did it last year, and other teams do it on defense. So it's... The Eagles did it last year, right? Mike. This was supposed Mike to be Crow a Mike Rowe is the tease. offensive coordinator. You know
1: that, right? I know. Um, I'll give you know you we're what, coming back.
0: I'll explain why it's no different by oh, the way go. back.
1: Thank you. One thing... Philadelphia Eagles have hired an offensive coordinator. Technically, they promoted him. And Jeff says it's been done before, so the jury's out. I just don't know last year to this year what's changed. Because if we've gone from autonomy to collective decision making, I don't know if I'm excited about this thing working so fast and smooth in just one off season. Does that make sense to you?
0: Yeah, I it, I just don't think it's all that different so that it makes that big of a difference. If you go back to last year, Mike Groh was the offensive coordinator, that was his title, but Jeff Stelton was the run game coordinator. He got that title with his last promotion at the end of 2017, right? So it's if if Jeff Stelton was already a run game coordinator then what was Mike Groh doing as the offensive coordinator? Well, probably doing – he was. He was doing the passing element of it. So now you have it where Jeff selton is still doing the run game coordination and Press Taylor is doing the pass game of it. The only big difference is that Mike Groh was the guy in charge of just taking all the concepts and ideas, funneling it into one, and then working with Doug on, on the play. So now maybe you get both Press and – Jeff, doing that with Doug. But at the end of the day, it's still Doug's offense and Doug's play calls. But it's really not as revolutionary or different as to, as compared to what they were
1: doing last year. Well, last year sucked. And ever since the See, two guys— See, that's
0: another—do you think the offense sucked last year?
1: I think the offense was—I think the offense in the first half was ill-prepared.
0: Well, don't you think it's—you expect a level of preparation difficulties when
1: you lose your top two receivers?
0: No, I, in your first one in the first game?
1: Look, we knew. I, I can't take away. That's not a question I can answer in a vacuum because it's not my fault due to politics. Mac Hollins was on the field and a guy that helped the team later in the season was not.
0: Right, but the, some of that stuff has nothing to do with who's offensive coordinator or No, but not. it could
1: make it easier. If, to your point, if you're losing your top two wide receivers and you're going to Mac Hollins, you're only making your life more difficult.
0: Right, you are. At the end of the day, though, the, the team finished with the fourth best third down efficiency, the third best red zone efficiency, and the second best time of possession, giving all of the issues that you just referred to. So, why'd they solo. fire guys? I did, I'm did. i not. Have I ever said that they made the right decision? And no, I'm,
1: I'm asking you that. Because, I'm not challenging you on anything. Because I'm asking they're,
0: they're the blind man in a dark room looking for the black cat that ain't there. They want ideas, they want principles, they want concepts. And they almost don't even realize that if you take if you just took half those injuries away, and I'm not saying injuries are always to blame, but they're a reality that they probably would have been a much better offense and more consistent all year long. Just and give yet, them Deshaun.
1: Right, but yet they fired guys and now they're gonna have to reset and see if, in fact, like they stand more risk of at the very least taking a step back simply because of their panic move to fire guys from last year. Right. But, you know, I, so
0: I'm in agreement with you. It was a panic move that didn't need to be done. So I can't sit here and talk about how great they're going to be now because they added so and so and so and so who were fired coaches looking for jobs.
1: Well, I can imagine now that all of this gets put on hold as Chris Broussard has dropped a Broussard bomb. On the Philadelphia 76ers fan base like you and I saying that there's jealousy between Simmons and Embiid. Man.
0: Are you Team Shaq or Team Penny?
1: Penny is coaching somewhere. (laughs) His son. I'm Team Shaq